Welcome, everyone, to Element City Church. We are so thrilled to have you with us, even though I know we're not like together together, but we are together. We're gathered. Hopefully, you're staying nice and cool in your house because it is the hottest day of the year so far. Speaking of hot, our worship team is hot also, and we're going to have a great time worshiping together. Uh, tech team, thank you, everyone here in the house. Uh, pulling this off, coming right to your house. We're thrilled to be with you tonight. So, uh, again, if you're logging in for the first time, welcome uh, to Element City Church digital version. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, we've got some amazing hosts that are in the chat room with you. Happy, happy to pray with you if you need that or if you have questions. Uh, give them a ring uh, and let them know, and you guys can interact and exchange with one another. If you don't have our app downloaded, I want to encourage you to get that. It's an easy way for us to travel with you. You can access uh, just playlists, sermons, get access to a whole bunch of different things, calendar of what's coming up. Um, so we are glad to have you with us tonight. Uh, as we get started, I just want to take a moment and pray for the Church of the Week, which is North Swan Baptist Church. And the reason we want to pray for them tonight is that their pastor, Gary, uh, passed away this last week uh, from COVID. And uh, their church is kind of reeling and going through, obviously, a challenging moment. And we wanted to take a moment and just kind of pray a blessing over them, ask for God's intervention and help and assistance in any way. And we're going to stand with them. And as churches around our city are praying for them today, uh, we'd like to invite you to join us in that. And we're going to have a great time worshiping tonight. Uh, but let's pray into our evening tonight as we continue our prayer series looking at adoration and how do we adore God and what does that do and how does that open up channels of prayer and opportunity of intimacy in prayer with God. So would you pray with me uh, for North Swan Baptist Church and for their congregation as well as our evening tonight? Let's pray. Father, we want to lift up North Swan Baptist Church to you. Um, God, I can't imagine. I, I just, I, it's hard to get your mind around. And God, we, we don't, we miss Gary. Because we know he's in your hands and he's in heaven and he is enjoying life like never before. But God, it's our loss and it's our sadness. And so we want to pray for his family tonight. We ask that you would uh, bolster them, that you would bring your comfort and your peace to surround, that you would be the good shepherd that shepherds your people through the challenging times of life, just as you, uh, you shepherd us through all the moments of life. And so we're asking that you would be the good shepherd for their church. Would you give them wisdom in the days ahead? Would you uh, just pour out your comfort and your peace upon their congregation, upon their conversations, their family? We ask that you'd help us as the Tucson church community to be able to help and support and, and to encourage them uh, in these steps. And Father, with that, we also ask for your presence to be with them in just a refreshing and an intimate way. Father, in the same tone, we ask that your presence would be with us in each of our homes tonight. Would you minister through your Holy Spirit and meet us right where we're at? Father, we know there's been a lot going on in our world. And, and the best way we make it through is leaning into your hope and your grace and your presence. And so would you meet with us this evening? right where we are. Would you nudge our hearts, refresh us, and encourage us as we worship you, put our attention and our affection in your direction, God. Would you meet us in these songs? Would you meet us in your word? Would you meet us in a way that pulls our heart to be more and more like your son, Jesus? And it's in his name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Evil 
fix your eyes on this one truth God is madly in love with you So take courage, hold on, be strong Remember where our help comes from
our heart tonight. That's our prayer. We're just asking that you'd send revival into our lives. We just confess there's so many ways, God, that we, we quench your Holy Spirit. We just allow our, our attention to be distracted uh, because there's so much noise in this world. And yet what you're just asking, God, is that we would uh, learn to hear your voice that we would tune those things out and that we would learn to just tune into your Holy Spirit to what it is that you're saying to us, what it is that you're asking us to do. And so God, that's our prayer tonight uh, for our hearts. As we get to gather uh, electronically, digitally for church tonight, uh, would that prayer just be true for all of us? Lord, that we would be able to just tune out the noise right now so we can just hear from you and hear what it is that you wanna say, how you wanna speak to us, how you want us to move in response to your word. And God, as we're obedient to that, as we're faithful to that, uh, would you create within us just a healthy repentance? Just to confess to you the ways that we've, we've messed up, the ways that we've missed the mark. Would you give us a spirit of humility? As your word says, to consider others uh, better than ourselves, the same way that Christ did, to serve them. I just believe, God, as we're able to do those types of things, we might see revival start to break out in our lives. We might start to see revival break out in the midst of Element City Church. And ultimately, the, what we want to see, God, is that revival would break out here in the city, over all of this country, because we need you, Jesus. We need you. And so we look to you, the one that the word calls the author and the perfecter of our faith. We worship you tonight, Jesus. We love you. We're grateful for the way that you're already moving in our hearts. And we just pray that uh, you'd continue to do so through the rest of this night as we draw close to you, as we seek to hear from you. We pray these things in your holy and your precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen. It's good to, to gather together and be connected, even though we may not be in the same room. Uh, we're connected, and the Spirit moves in, in this time that we are together. And I know for some, they watch throughout the week, or maybe you'll go back and watch it again. And our prayer is that this experience that we are having together would be one that God would use over and over. And, and our prayer for you has been throughout this whole kind of COVID season that we know that the challenges and the limitations that have been put upon you and upon me and upon us as a whole, it, it, it takes you away from what's normal, quote unquote. And it, it, it produces kind of a, an emotional drain as we've been in this for a while. And, and our prayer for our church and for the people of Elements or for those who would log in and become maybe a part of our family is that you would sense this to be a reset season. A season and a moment where you can reset and begin to let go of some things that maybe you've been holding on to that God's calling you to say, look, put that down. Stop carrying that around. Stop trying to, to get distracted that way. Just, just grab hold of me more. And that this would truly be a reset moment for you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And that has been our prayer and continues to be our prayer. And so, friend, may you sense the whisper of God to want to reset, and maybe even in your prayer life uh, to reset. We've been looking into the summer of prayer and kind of analyzing and looking at what does the scripture have to say about prayer? And so we spent, kind of David launched us with this idea of the whole concept of prayer and what's it about. And then we looked at the Lord's Prayer a couple weeks and we spent the last three weeks kind of looking at how do you get better at hearing from God? And, and we're looking at kind of this acronym, acronym now that called the ACTS acronym. And it's kind of the adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, this idea of asking God for things. And, and, and David kind of kick-started this last week, this idea of thanksgiving, and how thanksgiving is you 
kind of grow in, in growing a thankful heart, a gratitude-filled heart that it actually helps us hear God better. And tonight, I want to look at this idea of adoration. How do we get better at just adoring God for who he is and what he does? And how do we let our attention and our affection linger there? A little bit more, especially in a culture that, that tries to whirl us away to so many other things and to put our attention elsewhere. And, and how do we get better? I don't know if you've ever had an awe moment. And maybe it was the, if you're a parent, maybe it was the moment of like the birth of your kids. And, and if that's not you, I, I just, I'm going to tell you, as one who's been there for three, there's no words. There's nothing that captures that. It's just awe-inspiring. You marvel. I don't know if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon. I remember the first time just kind of walking up and, and the vastness and the color and the depth. It, it just kind of makes your jaw drop a little bit. There's opportunities to see different things uh, around the world. Maybe I think of a time uh, in southern Arizona on an Indian reservation, and we were there, mission trip, and we were out in the desert, and all the lights went off, and it was just millions upon millions upon millions of stars. Never seen that many. And, and in that moment, and a lot of other moments, God's just put this mantra within me that, um, that helps keep me grounded, helps keep me humble, it's just the simple reality of recognizing, God, you're big, and I'm little. And there's a sense of awe that can come with that if we don't get distracted away from it. See, we live in a culture that has a current that wants to push us to be bigger than we really are and to be more than we really are. And it's okay to achieve and to go after things, but sometimes, friends, we, we get that flipped, and we get, uh, as my dad would say, too big for your own britches sometimes. Uh, this idea that you become bigger, and the reality is we get it out of context that God is big, and I'm little. I love what A.W. Tozer writes. He says this, we are called to an everlasting preoccupation with God. How do you adore more? Well, you let your life become an everlasting preoccupation with God and not just with yourself and not just with the people you care about and the things you care about, that you let your focus and your gaze and your attention go to someone bigger who deserves that and who's for that. Adoration, they defines adoration as deep love and respect. It's to behold with a fondness and affection, with devotion, with awe. A second definition of Adoration is simply this, to worship, to exalt, to praise. How fitting for a church, how fitting for us as believers that that is what it is to adore, to marvel, and to be in awe of who God is, in all of who he is, and to not fall short of, of selling him short, or trying to reduce him in size, or reduce him in his majesty and his beauty but to continually have that box that we try to put God in shattered and blown apart to say, God, you, you never fit in any box I could ever create. And I'm sorry for trying to hem you in. You are big and I'm little. And I wanna keep that focus. So this idea of awe and adoration is, is something that's not just for believers, not just a, a religious thing. In fact, uh, even from some secular sources, this idea of awe and marvel and to, to be in wonder is something that the human race needs. There's a Psychology Today article a couple of years ago that writes, the article title was, It's Not All About You, which we say around here a lot, that, hey, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about the mission. And it's about the story that God's telling, and we want to be a part of that. And, and when we let things become about cater and preference, then we're missing the principle of the mission. And we never want to fall short of that. And this article kind of goes on and talks about this uh, physicist who writes, awe gives you an existential shock. You realize that you are hardwired to begin to be a little selfish, but you are also dependent on something bigger than yourself. 
being enraptured in a way to remove the tyranny of ego from yourself. A social scientist wrote, having found when people experience a sense of awe, they feel more empathetic and more connected with others. One scientist concluded that wonder pulls us together, a counterforce to what all seems to be pulling us apart, this sense of wonder. How do we grow that? How do we get more of that? The, uh, Wharton School of Business evaluated all the New York Times articles that were ever posted, the ones that are the most emailed articles, and they found that the ones that are the most emailed are the ones that were awe-inspiring to people. That there's something about the sense of awe, something about growing this ability to marvel and to take in and, and to wonder and to be in awe that matters to the human race, and it matters to us as followers of Jesus. And maybe you're tuning in and you're investigating this Jesus. I wanna, I wanna challenge you. Jesus is way more and way bigger than you think he is, and way bigger and way more than what you give him credit for. And so keep investigating him. You will never reach the end, and that's the beauty of him. He's big and we're little. And it's this invitation to grow our adoration, to grow in adoring more, to grow in our awe and marvel at him. We Think of it this way. It's meant to be a pattern of our life. You and I, we take approximately 23,000 breaths every day. What tends to capture our attention and, and kind of take our breath away is the big moments of life. But the invitation is, Man, 23,000 breaths every single day, the, the complexity of what it is to take in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide and, and everything that goes into that process in your respiratory system is a miracle. You have a miracle 23,000 times a day. And we tend to stop and thank God for the moments that take our breath away. But maybe, maybe the miracle is closer and more often than we realize. And maybe the invitation is to live with a sense of awe for all the breaths we get and all the wonder that is around us. Romans 12 says, let your whole life be about worship. It says, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourself to God to be his sacred living sacrifice. Live in holiness and experiencing all that he delights and what delights his heart for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. That is what is to worship. Adoration is worship, to praise, to exalt. And Paul's saying, look, let your life be that. It's not a moment of gathering in a building to sing. That's nice. We look forward to the day that we can do that together again. But it's, it's so much more and it's so much bigger. It's so much more mobile than that. That worship is this sense of adoration, that a life of worship. See, we talk about what we love. We talk about what we adore. I love my family. I love to teach. I love golf. I love cookies. I love uh, hiking. I love sports. And you don't have to coerce me to talk about those things. The reality is you do this too. You, you talk about what you love. And you adore, your heart just goes in attention and focus toward what you love. The question for us as followers of Jesus is, do we love Jesus? Or do we like him? Do we love things about him? Or do we love him? And so it's this invitation to say, look, we, we got to grow and wrestle with this. The, the question becomes, do I love God? Do, am I allowing my actions, my mindset, and my affections to, to draw my attention to him more, to talk about him more? And so I want to look at Psalm 145. So if you have your Bible, you can go to Psalm 145. If you have the app, you can kind of open up the sermon notes, follow along, or see it there in the chat. Um, that Psalm 145 is an acrostic psalm, meaning that each new line in the psalm starts with a new letter of the Hebrew alphabet. I want you to remember that, because we'll come back to that at the end, that each line starts with a new letter of the alphabet, and the psalmist is writing, and the whole psalm is pulling us to see how big God is, and let our attention and our affection be captured 
by that, to, to grow in, in marveling over him and to grow in awe and wonder of him. It's from start to finish, it's all about that. God is not just meant to be analyzed or understood. He is meant to be adored and worshiped and loved. The first three verses, there are, there's these I acronyms, these I adjectives, these, uh, the idea of saying, I will extol, I will bless, I will praise. That, God, you are so unsearchable, I will pay attention to who you are. You're big, I'm and I want my attention to go there. Historically, it talks about how, how great God is, that he is beyond the ability to even fathom. We use the word great to describe a lot of things. We describe a great meal that we had at a restaurant when they were open. We describe great things that happened in our life. There's even been people throughout history who have taken that adjective, put it on their own name, Alexander the, you filled it in, I know you did, Alexander the Great, and so this idea, that, no, no, no. We list so many things as awesome and so many things as great, but the reality is when you compare it to who God is and all of who God is, they're neat. He's big. We're little. He's great. He's awesome. We're okay. We're good. We're cool. And only because he says so. His greatness is unsearchable, verse 3. No one has ever will fully fathom. No one will ever get to all the greatness. Not that all the minds of all the ages throughout the world and advanced scientific equipment can capture all of who God is. You will not be able to put him in a box. And you will never reach the end of who he is and what he's like. The glorious splendor of God's majesty is breathtaking. And it is beyond our comprehension and our calculations. Do you see God like that? Does that foster a love within your own heart? See, God and his character are worth our meditations alone, and they are worth our conversations with others. That to understand who God is, the psalmist kind of continues and says, look, I'm going to, one generation is going to tell of your works to another generation. We're going to pass this along because we want people to know, we want people to live in a growing sense of awe. And so if you just search through the scriptures, can I remind us and paint a picture of all of who God is? And this won't fully capture it, but let's just give it a whirl. God is holy and loving. He is just and gracious. He is full of justice towards sin and full of mercy towards sinners. He is unstoppable, all-powerful, all-knowing, fully present everywhere. He is a just judge, the redeemer, the righteous one. He is the deliverer, the true king of kings and lord of lords. He raises up the humble and he humbles the proud. He is glorious and beautiful, majestic and incomparable to anything and anyone around him. He is set apart and he alone is God. There is none like him. He is the giver of life, the deliverer of grace, the creator of all, the sustainer of all things in the universe, seen and unseen. He has sent our beautiful Savior Jesus who pursues us. He died for us. He rose again to redeem us. He is forever with us. All things are placed under his feet. There is no one higher, wider, broader, or greater than Jesus. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and I'm just getting started. God's big. I'm little. He's so much more, friends. He's so much more. And the question is, do you know him like this? Do you love him like this? Or do you know things about him, and do you like him? Think of it this way. When, when Amy and I started dating, I knew about Amy, and I knew about her family, but I didn't know Amy, and she didn't know me. She knew about. And so all those first dates, raise your hand if you've had first dates. Yeah, all those first dates, remember all those awkward moments? What are you doing? You're doing data research and fact-finding. You're trying to, to paint the picture of who this person is. You're learning to know more about them, and that's good and that's necessary. But in those moments, friends, you do not know them. You know about them. But see, when you've been married for 25 years, hashtag blessed for 25 years, I know 
my wife. She knows me. And there's a, a love and an intimacy and a depth that comes with that. That there are no shortcuts to. There's no cheat codes to that. There's no secret coupon in the mail that you can cash in to fast forward through that. It takes time. And the invitation of what the scriptures give us is will you fall in love with God? Will you fall in love with the habit of adoring more? And as you adore more, as you realize he's big, I'm little, and as you adore and aim your awe in his direction, your attention, your affection, there grows this intimacy over time that is a beautiful gift for you and a beautiful gift for me that you begin to know someone. The psalmist goes on, great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Verse eight and nine says, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger. Slow to anger in Hebrew is literally, he has a long fuse. He doesn't explode. It's a long fuse. Rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He's compassionate to all he's made. This is taken right from Exodus chapter 34 where God revealed himself to Moses, said, Moses, you can't even see me, but I'm gonna let you see where I was. And when, when, I, when you see where I was, you'll know it was me. And Moses is undone. He's gone, you're big and I'm a little. He declares his graciousness, his mercy, he's slow to anger. The word all here is this idea that literally even those who deny God and curse his name are still recipients of his patience and his long-suffering. He permits his enemies to live even while they speak unspeakable things about him. Blessing them with food and air and earthly pleasures, affording them more and more opportunity to repent. It's what Paul writes in Romans chapter 2, that, that God's kindness would lead us to repentance. It's this beautiful imitation. Our God is perfect, unimpeachable character. As you read through the rest of the song, it's inviting us to marvel at all of his works, the beauty of everything he's done. You just look at some highlights there, starting to verse 10 through 21, and God, God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. There are no term limits to God's reign. He is powerful, performs mighty deeds. He is faithful to all his words. His promises never miss the mark, and they never fall flat. That's so good. He is kind in all his works. He upholds those who are faltering and weary. Isaiah 40 talks about this, talks about the bigness of God. Read it, Isaiah 40. That even though we grow tired, he doesn't. He provides food and sustains life. He is righteous. He is near to those who pray earnestly to him. He answers prayer. God isn't listening. God. He's tuned in. He's not distracted by running a universe. He knows the number of hairs on my head and yours. Some of us, it's easier to count. He preserves his people. He glorifies himself. And he has demonstrated this to Adam, to Noah, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, to Moses, to Joshua, to Ruth, to Esther, to David, to Peter, to John, to Paul, to you and to me and to the stories of the people who call elements home. As we gather again someday, soon, hopefully, you'll hear the stories of God's faithfulness. Begin to see the beauty of what he does. May we become a people who are obsessed and captivated and enthralled with God for the long haul, that we would be a people, as A.W. Tozer said, called to an everlasting preoccupation with God, of all of who he is, all of what he does in his heart. So the challenge for you, for me, is will we join creation and speak the praise that he so deserving, he so deserves, that he adores and enjoys? Will we join into it? Do you know God like this? Or do you simply know about him? See, the invitation of the gospel is that you not just know about, 
but that we would know Jesus and he would know us fully and he would grow us to be more and more like him, invited into life with God now and on into eternity, a forever connected relationship that's growing. Friends, continue to ponder your own smallness, your frailty, your brokenness. Have you recognized your need for him and that everything is absolutely nothing compared to him? So continue to read big writings about God. The scriptures are full of them. Isaiah 40, John 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1. Speak of his grandeur and his beauty and his majesty and how powerful and mighty and profound he truly is. See, the good news of Jesus Christ is that his perfect life, his substitutionary and sacrificial death, and his resurrection on our behalf means by which we get to be opened up to the greatness and the glory of all of who God is. And when you look at Jesus, you see God. And you see the magnitude of that. Here's the takeaway I have for us is seeing God for who he truly is will result in joyful worship and a compelling, growing adoration for him. When you see God for who he truly is, it's gonna result in joyful worship and a growing adoration for him. Grow your adoration. See, do you know God? Do you love God? Do you adore him and talk about him? Not just because you know stuff about him, but because you know him. And so here's the prayer practice for you this week. Uh, I got to do this this last week in preparing Psalm 145, like I said, is an acrostic psalm. It's a new letter of the alphabet, every single line. And so I want to invite you to have a kind of an ABC praise moment. And I don't know how long it's going to last for you, but I want to encourage you not to hurry through it. And just get a piece of paper and write out ABC, D, E, F, G, you know the rest of the alphabet, all the way through Z, and just begin to write a word that starts with each of those letters. God, you are amazing. God, you are bold. God, God, you are caring to me. And as you write that, just take a moment and, and linger there. God, what makes you amazing? What makes you bold? And you fill in the rest. Now listen, the letter X is a challenge, okay? I used the thesaurus. I couldn't figure it out. Just go like X game style, make it excellent, okay? That's awesome. So there's a free one for you. You gotta figure out the others. But have a moment of just praise before God with God to let your heart adore more of who he is and what he's like. Don't hurry through it, but linger with it. And let this be a moment where God expands your heart to see him in his greatness to worship him for who he is. And I promise you, as you do, it will refill you. And he will refill you and restore and refresh your heart. And so I invite you to do that. I want to end with just an illustration that there are two primary ways to magnify something. We get a microscope. You maybe had to use a microscope at, at school where you look at something really, really small and you're making it bigger than what it really is. And there's also telescopes. Telescopes magnify something that's really big and it actually begins to help, help it be seen for how big it really is. See, microscopes make a small thing look bigger than it is. But telescopes make a big thing begin to look as big as it really is. So when King David writes in Psalm 69, I will magnify God with thanksgiving. He did not mean, I'm going to make a small God look bigger than he really is. What he meant is I'm going to make a big God look as big as he really is. We are not called to be microscopes. We're called to be telescopes. Christians are not called to be con men or con women who kind of magnify their God to be bigger than what is true and try to manipulate and fool people. No, no, no. There is nothing and there is nobody more superior in the entire universe than God himself. He is big and you are little. And so, friends, this is why Peter writes, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellency of him 
who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are to feel and think and act and live in a way that makes God look as great as he truly is. And as we do that, a watching world begins to peek over the shoulder and say, man, you're kind of big. And I'm actually kind of little. And maybe we begin to grow our adoration. Be a telescope for the world of the infinite greatness of God. Grow your adoration, friends. Father, that's what we want to do in these next couple songs. We've set aside some time, Father, to adore you. The challenge of Psalm 145 to kind of read through it and, and go through kind of an ABC praise moment, we want to engage in this week. But God, these next 10 minutes, we want our attention and our affection to be drawn in tighter and closer to you, to who you are. And so would you move in these moments and let us marvel again, expand our wonder of who you are, and all of who you are for us. God, each one of us has our story with you. And so would you rekindle some of those emotions, some of those opportunities where you have stepped in and it's, and it's your spirit moving that's refreshed our hearts. God, would you remind us of how big you really are, how caring you really are, how majestic and beautiful and powerful and profound you are. And so, God, we give you these next few moments, not just to sing songs, but to invite you to move our heart. We want to adore more.
never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. We proclaim tonight and we believe it. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Hey! So it's going to connect you to a Zoom call. So if you're just looking for a little bit of connection, if you want to uh, get together with some of the people uh, here uh, uh, at, who are part of the church, that is, uh, you can sign on to that and have a, a chance to kind of connect with them. So, um, yeah, we just look forward to, to seeing you next week. So hope you can make some time to join us once again. But we love you. Uh, we're excited for what God is doing uh, in your life uh, and in our city right now. Uh, in his people. And so let's be people uh, who live in adoration and praise, uh, living the telescope life as we uh, go through our week this next week. So be blessed. We love you. We'll see you soon.